This is a podcast from Camden Community Radio. For more information and to volunteer, email info at ccradio.org. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Camden's Hidden Treasures. This hidden treasure is very near the one in the last episode and so I'm off to King's Cross St Pancras again. I'm walking along the platform in St Pancras Station and it is a beautiful day outside so there's dappled golden sunshine coming through the glass and metal roof and it's got that energy about it of people just about to arrive or just about to depart and I'm going to meet Julie who's going to tell me about the St Pancras Renaissance Hotel which forms the front of the station. It's a distinctive red brick structure in a Gothic style, but she's gonna tell me about the details and how it came to be here. Hi, my name is Julie. I'm a Camden guide, and this morning we're standing on Euston Road, looking at perhaps one of the most wonderful buildings in here in Camden. And one journalist once described it as the weird house of a crazy lady. It's spooky and it's inaccessible, but I don't think that at all. I think it's a bit of a fairy tale castle. It's the St Pancras Renaissance Hotel. It was formerly the Midland Hotel and it was restored to its former glory. Now it originally opened in 1873, it was completed uh, three years later in 1876 and it was designed by the great Victorian architect Sir George Gilbert Scott who had won a competition to build it. Now he loved a bit of Gothic but it's more than just a bit, it's a Gothic masterpiece with its pointed arches, spars, pinnacles, just like a great cathedral. Scott was a prolific artist of his day, running a huge practice which was responsible for dozens of churches, the Foreign Office and the Albert Memorial, amongst other things. But this was the PS de Resistance and he spared no expense. It would have cost half a billion to construct it today and when it was completed it was by far the grandest of all the railway hotels. Uh, The fixtures and fittings inside were of the highest quality. There was extensive use of gold leaf, beautiful wallpapers and individually designed fireplaces in each of the 300 rooms. Midland Railway, who owned the hotel, were then shifting at that time a lot of coal around the country, so they might as well make use of those fireplaces. It had many innovations for its time. Lifts, or as the Victorians like to call them, ascending chambers. It had flushing toilets, and it was made to be fireproof. There was even a ladies' smoking room, can you imagine? Opened in 1890, the first in Europe, where women could smoke publicly. But what it didn't have was enough ensuite bathrooms. There were only five for 300 rooms. 
So if those were all taken, you'd order your bath to be wheeled to your room and some staff would pop along and fill it for you. At one time in the 19th century, there were more staff than guests. So it was no surprise after World War I, with increased competition and lack of facilities, that the hotel had to close in 1935. After the Second World War, it was used as offices for British Rail, and many of the wonderful interiors were carved up with partitions and suspended ceilings. It was seen as obsolete, decrepit, and in need of demolition. And it took campaigns by John Betjeman. A statue actually is here beside us, dedicated to him here in the station of St Pancras and others to save the station and the hotel. And it was given a grade one listing in 1967, which means it really can't be touched very much. Then came the transformation by the Manhattan Loft Corporation, London and Continental Railways and Marriott Hotels, working closely with architects RHWL and Richard Griffiths alongside English Heritage. And it really worked. It opened in 2011, exactly 138 years since it first opens its doors, and it's now known as the St Pancras Renaissance. The refurbishment is beautiful, the attention to detail, detailed. In one room alone, they spent £47,000 on wallpaper to match the original fragment. There are 245 rooms in the hotel, including a modern extension, and people actually live here too. There are 67 apartments on the upper floors, some of which overlook the concourse. No crazy weird ladies, just some very lucky residents and hotel guests. And if you want to raise a glass to Gilbert Scott or John Betjeman, they have a restaurant and bar named after them. Um, I chose this place because when I used to work in retail, I used this station a lot to travel up north to various textile mills. And when I passed through it, I was always amazed by the architecture, but it was very dark and dirty and dank at the time. And so when I came back here uh, to really do the Camden guiding course and I saw it in its splendour again I, I was absolutely fixated I think it's a magnificent building and they've done a splendid job it's so nice because it's also accessible you can just walk in um, without staying in the hotel you can walk in and have a look around is there anything that you might like to point out for people who are visiting that they might miss if they just if they didn't know it was there so one thing that's worth a visit is to go and see inside the hotel, uh, particularly the Gilbert Scott staircase, which they have refurbished to a very high standard. It's the most magnificent staircase rising right to the top of the building with the most wonderful wallpaper carpeting and the attention to detail on the staircase and the stonework. Just go and be in awe. I love the windows as well. That's your gothic for you. <laughs> yeah. A bit of pointed arch. <laughs> but isn't it beautiful? Can you come over here? 
Blue ceiling with stars. Right at the top. But it's I imagine building this now. I mean yeah. it cost in today's money it would have cost over half a billion to build wow. this as it is because yeah. we used just top all quality yeah. materials all from England. And look at my blue actual. It feels like a church almost. Like well, all of these. it's often called the cathedral. Oh, really? It's a way of making a statement. Yeah. What a great introduction to the St Pancras Renaissance Hotel. I've now just come out of the Renaissance Hotel, out of the station, and I'm standing at the front of the building and looking up at the Gothic spires and arches and the stunning brick exterior of the building. There are beautiful carved stone details and weather vanes and just so much to take in. And it has an amazing sense of calm up here at the, at the hotel entrance compared to the bustling Euston Road and King's Cross Station below, which you might be able to just hear. So I can definitely recommend it as an oasis within the heart of Camden. Uh, somewhere to come to look at, but also somewhere to come and have a very relaxed cup of coffee, uh, whether or not you're planning to travel. I will definitely be coming back to meet friends or to work in the cafe here. It's a it's lovely, calm atmosphere with that sense of excitement of people going places. So I hope you enjoyed Julie's introduction to St Pancras Hotel, uh, another place that you can learn more about on the London Local Guiding Day walk on the 12th of October. I mentioned it in the last podcast. It's a free guided walk around King's Cross St Pancras and the coal drops, the new Granary Square development. If you'd like to go, you can turn up at any time between 10 and 4 on the 12th of October. The tours will leave every hour and there'll be plenty of guides to show you around. They start outside King's Cross Station and they end in St Pancras Old Church Gardens, which if you'd like to know more about, you can listen to the previous episode of Camden's Hidden Treasures. I hope you're inspired to go and visit the St Pancras Renaissance Hotel. And if you'd like to hear about more hidden treasures of Camden, you can listen to the other episodes in this series. Thank you for listening and have fun exploring Camden. You are listening to a podcast from Camden Community Radio. www.ccradio.org Thank you.